Well, hello, Lighthouse family. It is good to be with you again. I'm Grant, and I'm here with Patrick Hawks. What's going on, Pat? Not much. Okay, now this time for reals. As yeah. we record this, you are how many days away from a married man? Four. Four days away. Yeah. Oh man, this I time think. this time next week, there's going to be like more bass in your voice. There's gonna, <laughs> I don't know. You're just going to probably wear a tie everywhere you go. Just married and civilized. And... No, about this time next week, I'll be in Tahoe, so I'll probably be in a totally sleeveless shirt and <laughs> yeah. like short hey. shorts and be like, yeah. Okay, we need to we need to we need to learn this. Uh, on a sunny day, are you suns out, guns out? Is it tank top, sleeveless, something like that? Not always. Not always. Not always. Most of the time, I have a t-shirt. Just okay. Because like, I don't have guns. Yeah, that's the thing with me too. I got, like... I got water pistols. Like, I don't got guns. <laughs> might as well, might as well go long sleeve swimmy shirt so you don't yeah, get burned. Yeah, pretty much. You know, where are my floaties? <laughs> That is awesome. Well, we are uh, we're just back from vacation. We snorkeled. Nice. Saw tropical fish. Very was, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. You you're not going to believe this, but there's places where the water in the ocean is warm. What? I know. I didn't know. I don't know if if the, it's a conspiracy. I don't know if other people know this or not. We need to spread the word. <laughs> they just take buckets from their bathtub. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that, that, they have a constant bucket chain. That might be it. I it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. All right. Well, uh well, I couldn't be more excited about you getting married. And um, you couldn't be more excited about getting married. Mm. And Lauren couldn't be more excited. No, nope. we're all just things are working. Yep. Good. Well, I do hope you have a, a great, well-deserved week off and honeymoon and get married. There's shadows walking by the office. Did you see that? <laughs> yep. Is that a ghost? Nope. Oh, good. Okay, good. That was our children's ministry director. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, she's, she's very real. Um, okay, so this week on the podcast is Mike Malorn. Yes. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I learned things about Mike. I've known Mike, you know, one of the first people I met here and mm -hmm. and a, a good buddy and uh, like hanging out with him. But you just don't have these kind of conversations and hear these kind of stories. Um, I especially liked the kind of how he got into the Vietnam War was some buddies pulled up in a car yeah. and said, Hey, we're going to go enlist. And he was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Pretty much. That's very different than other stories we've heard. Yeah. So look forward to that part of the story. I did feel like we kind of shoehorned in a motorcycle conversation at the end and we need we to did. have Mike back in for a full like the motorcycle. full, all we're talking about is motorcycles. Have you seen his bike? Uh, once or twice. Yellow never really Harley. Looked. I don't know what it is, but oh my gosh, chrome it's, everywhere. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it is gorgeous. You just cannot sit on that thing without just feeling manly. Yep. Just like, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, makes a big noise. It's a cool bike. The real so deal. It, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> the, the real, real deal. deal. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, 4,000 or something. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how many cubic centimeters that engine is all right well we'll get straight to it then other stuff coming up uh at lighthouse vbs is still going strong mm -hmm. wednesday nights bring your kids to uh to vacation bible school it's doing well and having good times over there um we've got a men's barbecue coming up august something the first friday in august whenever that is i, I would it's the second okay that sounds about right sure. that sounds about right and um other than that we're gearing up for Starting small groups and and all that stuff here in about a month and in between here and there we're having some nice kind of fallow 
uh, ground and getting hungry for programs to kick back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope all of you enjoy the conversation with Mike as much as I did. What a good dude. Mike, thanks for coming in. And uh, between here and there, Patrick, yeah. play, play the music. Will do. So welcome to Lighthouse Stories. I'm here with Mike Malorn. Uh, welcome, Mike. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah. I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we want to hear about, you know, we want to hear about your story, but also I just want to hear some stories. You're you're a good storyteller. You've got lots of good stories to tell. Well, you gotta so. be, yeah, you got to start telling stories for me to remember other stories. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I don't have a real good recall until you trick. You guys flip the switch. You know? <laughs> understood, understood. Where does your story start? Where are you born? Texas. Lubbock, hmm. Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. How long were you there? Uh, I left there after first grade. Okay. Um, I lived in West Texas. Uh, I was two weeks old. My dad was a telephone installer. All right. And we had a like a, it wasn't an airstream, but it looked like a little a small airstream trailer. Mm-hmm. And when from the time I was two weeks old until we moved to Midland, uh, I lived in every Podoc town in West Texas. Is that right? You had to run into my mom. That's my uh, mom's stories too. Uh, Las yeah. Cruces, New Mexico, uh, and. All everything in West Texas, and and just all over West Texas. We'd be one week, two weeks, two three months. They were building the lines, and he would be up. Uh, they had the lines come in, and they were connecting all the phone service in the local neighborhoods. And he would be up on a platform, and they have canvas over it, and he'd be up there working, connecting all the lines. Was and, there a whole kind of traveling like gypsy you know, camp? I don't know. That you know, I was too uh, too young. I know that's what we we dad pulled it with his fifty. Three Ford, fifty-two Ford, and mm. and so uh, I was all over Texas, and in West Texas, and uh, uh, I'll take a side story on that one because it comes up later, but I may forget to tell it because yeah. of this. When I got back in Vietnam in um, sixty-eight. Uh, there was, uh, during the year, either late 67 or 68, there was a, a picture, black and white picture called the, uh, uh, the last picture show. Yeah. And it was in black and white and it was, and, uh, I forget the gal's name. She was in TV and stuff. Oh, we have and the internet. We Sybil, Sybil Shepherd right. when she was a youngster and, and, uh, there's no cowboy that was in there. And anyways, it was in a shot in an old West Texas town. I don't know the name of the town. My dad does, but I don't. But anyways, so the, uh, they wanted to go to that last picture show uh, when they, he and my mom came down when I got back. So we went to downtown Monterey at the, one of the theaters downtown. There was one on the, on the west side of uh, Main Street. But uh, anyways, uh, of course, I was like usual. Dad sat on one end. I sat on the girls. You know, my wife and mother sat, sat together. So we came out. Now, mind you, I've never seen my dad cry, ever, huh. ever. Huh. We came out of picture show, there's tears running down his eyes. Hmm. I'm doing a look at him, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm yeah. t- taking, giving him a look, and I said, Dad, I said, what's, <laughs> what's the matter? You got dust in your eyes? Yeah. And, and he said, no, no, and he kind of shook his head, and he said, uh, 
He said, uh, that was the town I was in the night you were born. Really? And it hadn't changed one daggum bit. The pool table that they played pool, he played pool on that table. Wow. He'd eat in the place. He was in that town for huh. a couple of weeks uh, when mom was pregnant. And that was time. Huh. That was the last picture show. Yeah. That's Typical cool. West Texas. So, yeah. anyways, West Texas is famous for sandstorms. Yep. And uh, we lived in Med. We finally settled. Dad got on a uh, got off the roving installing and he got a permanent job uh, in midland texas okay and we bought the first uh dad bought his first home with a gi bill mm. and in those days in fact they uh, uh they built uh it were it were rectangular box prefab oh, no they weren't prefab it was just all the same okay print. Yeah. they were a rectangular box the doors kind of off to the right as you walk up you walked into the living room the wall, there was a wall there on the side of the wall is the kitchen. You went through the living room, there's a dining room, and to the left, one in, was one bedroom, the other side was another bedroom, and a bathroom in between. Yeah. They're all the same, they're all, all over classic track houses. Well, yeah. that was the first track, track houses, yeah. and they were all over the United States. They built yeah. those for the uh, during the, all the guys coming back from Vietnam or back from World War II, and uh, so we get. In Midland, they would get sandstorms so bad, I, we, you couldn't see the house across the street. Mm-hmm. And, well, they had no antihistamines in those days. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, my eyes and my throat would almost swell up shut from the sandstorms. And uh, uh, so the doc basically told my parents to either get this kid out of Texas or watch him die. Huh. So now you got to keep in mind, this is a tough deal. You talk about three generations back of my wife's family in fact the my not my wife but my mother's family the west family is in the texas history books and settling of texas all right and on my dad's side uh, is two generations and of there and uh, so i mean uh, uh, there was 10 brothers and sisters on my dad's side and about five on my mom's side all texans all texans man. texas right down, down to the, the heart right down to the heart yeah. so asking them to move me out of texas was a major deal. It's so, like asking to move, move to a different country. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> so they went up to call. I remember the trip. I didn't know why we were doing it. How old I, are you? Uh, well, I just, I was in first grade. Okay, yeah, first, grade, first grade. Yeah, first grade. And so, and uh, before, and uh, so uh, anyways, we went up to, at that time, that's when we had the Mountain States Tell and Tell, and there was, across, there was four divisions of telephone company. Dad was in Western Electric in South. There was a Western Electric across the South. Uh-huh. And uh, so then he uh, uh, went to Colorado Springs. That was Mountain State's tell and tell. And Colorado Springs was not that far north of Texas. <laughs> and he uh, looking for a job. And, and I remember we went up there. I thought we were on vacation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know any different. And uh, uh, in fact, I don't really remember Dad leaving Mom and I. I, I don't remember him going uh-huh. to. The, so anyways, he applied for a job there. So he, he trying to get out of Texas, and he says, "Well, we don't have any openings here." He said, "But we got an opening for a test boardman in Helena, Montana." And so that could have been on the, you know, that could have been on the other universe yeah, as far as my mom, right. was, especially my mom. What's a Montana? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so long story short, uh, they accepted the job and we moved to Helena, Montana. And uh, we had a 20 foot uh, open uh, cattle rack uh, trailer that was, you know, there's only, mm-hmm. you know, there's only about four foot high on the racks. Mm-hmm. And what we couldn't get in there and dad's 54 Ford sold. 
I remember. I remember the biggest thing I remember is seeing the the lawnmower, hand pushed lawnmower, going down the driveway. I said, "Dad, what are you doing with the <laughs> Sold the lawnmower." And uh, uh, in fact, it was all I could do to get my bicycle on the yeah. trail. Uh, but and so you guys picked up as a family, the whole family, moved, moved to Montana, Helena, Montana, moved into apartments on the third floor. A little bit different uh, than Texas. Yeah, yeah, we're just getting there. And so we had, and of course we're getting there and by the winter was not too far off. And so we had to buy winter clothes we'd never bought before. And and so that and was- And you think, uh, it gets cold in Texas. We're ready for it. And no, then- I don't remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, just, I just remember, you know, uh, we're just moving. And uh, so- because of my west because west texans have a lot more uh southern drawl than your yeah, east texans you know right. so i'm coming from west texas and for what my parents i i don't remember some but i just know i, I had a hard time in school yeah because they didn't like my my accent and stuff but anyways we stayed here for about a year then uh, they promoted dad and moved him to livingston montana okay and uh dad was the sole sole repairman for all of yellowstone park i mean that's not a bad that was, gig that was pull, his yeah. deal that was his deal we worked out of the livingston office and once in a while he'd come back and help the guys in livingston but most of the time he spent all week uh at, at the park how and far you, away is livingston from oh yellowstone? about 30 miles 30 okay. 40 miles so did go you through, go uh, a gal- lot gal- uh, as a gal i think it's if you had to sit something i had it uh, gallatin um uh, <laughs> it's it up the canyon out of Livingston uh, South, and and it's and it's where the, there's a lot of uh, hot springs and stuff. In okay, there. it's a canyon. You got along. I think it's the Yellowstone River. You have to follow up to get into the park. And so we went into the park many times. I've seen things that only the Rangers have seen over the years. And yeah. So my favorite though, every time they drug me to go there because I didn't always want to go, is uh, Timber Buffalo. Yeah. Hey, do you know what a timber buffalo is? Well, I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, you mean it, it, uh, they use buffalo. it a different? <laughs> they use a different terminology for them. But we have there was they're only in one area in the park. And it's a valley. It's a flat road and it's on a small road that's uh, going from one part of the uh, no no no, no they're, they're they're like a bison but it's okay. a timber buffalo and uh, they look just like a bison but uh, and you'll get you'll yeah, you'll, yeah. I'll get the rest of it so there's a road that goes from one part of the park to another part of the park and it's kind of a shortcut across and it goes down through this valley and this valley is flat and so if you don't go about 25 miles an hour you won't see them they, they stay off the road about 75 to 100 yards in these trees and and so if you're going fast because they tell you you never see them mm-hmm. and so you have to go real slow and there somewhere they're always on the one side of the road and they're one end to the other and so we went in and we saw them out to several times well we got a picture we went with some friends <clears throat> from uh, 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 Bozeman that uh, uh, Clyde is six foot two mm-hmm. with a uh, five inch Bram Stetson on, mm-hmm. standing cowboy boots. And my dad is shooting the picture. And so there's my dad, Clyde, and the buffalo standing broadside. And he's right lined up with a hump. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and his hump is four inches above his Stetson. Wow. So it's seven, seven foot. Oh, yeah. Huge. They're huge. Yeah. 
And so I always call them. I, don't, I, I know there's another name. I've heard it. But because as a kid, yeah. they were in the timber, so they were timber buffalo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And you really still have kind of a, a love for just being out. Uh, my dad, uh, yeah, I've always been outside. I used to, parents used to, Livingston was probably my most, uh, it's my most favorite mm. time. We lived there for two and a half years. Uh, we were kind of in a, not a cul-de-sac, but the road kind of did in and had to go make a right. And then uh, you drop down into, down into a little plateau and there's a man-made creek off of the Yellowstone river that came through town and wangled down and about two miles down and went out back down the south end of, or the north end of town and in there is the football field mm-hmm. then there's a pond in there and then down at the far end of this park is the uh, swimming pool hmm. and so and there was a bridge down there and we we used to fish and and do all kinds of things and there's about 12 to, i don't know it could have been 18 kids in there well my neighbor uh, David, uh, uh, he 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 was the oldest of us, and he was the organizer. Yeah, of his kids. So yeah, there's him, always one. In the oh yeah. Right. So yeah. he was the organizer. So we were always playing. Well, of course, you know, in the summertime, he don't get dark until almost eleven o'clock. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know, ten thirty. So we or we go in and eat and come out. We'd play until midnight. You know? Yeah. He, the parents could never get me in. What a cool well, way to play grow kick up. Kick the can, hide and seek. We he organized the uh, track games, and and we were always or if we were down during summer, we were down fishing or or doing something. You know. And we float tube down that deal. Yeah. And in, in the wintertime, the pond was ice skating rink. Wow. And so that two, two and a half years I had there, that was the most fun I had. And I, that's the perfect time for it. You're like uh, late elementary school. Well, second grade. I got part of second, third grade. And uh, I mean, you think about that a second grader, you're out yeah, till midnight playing. Well, we, were just, we just had a ball. Yeah. You know? and so, yeah. so we were there two and a half years. Uh, Dad bought his first uh, rifle there. I have it to this day. It was a oh, uh, what it a, a treasure! It's, it's built. It was bought in '57 or '8. It was a Savage 308 lever action mm. because Dad was left-handed, and mm. so the bolts are always always on the right side, and so he the lever action then he wouldn't have it, and he shot a deer with that thing. I remember that, and so then we moved back to Helena. Okay. And Dad got promoted, and, and uh, we were there for approximately three years. Then we moved to Bozeman, and he was a supervisor in Bozeman. Then at this time, in the same plant type of situation, well, I don't know if you know, this was 1959 now, and uh, 59 and 60, but 1959, there was a major earthquake in Yellowstone Park. Oh, uh, it was at like eight point two on the Richter scale if it wow. had been anywhere else it would have leveled everything yeah but it the, the Yellowstone Park was predominantly uh, uh, granite and so the old Yellowstone Hotel made it through made out of logs it made it through hmm. uh, Old Faithful got knocked off by uh, at the time it was every hour in the hour Old Faithful would go off well now it's like one uh, every hour and five minutes or something it's, it missed huh. the timetable huh. old faithful uh the whole this whole big uh valley all shifted and uh, 
you walk up and and it'd be you'd walk up and there's where you where it is now and you look up and that's where it was would be five to ten feet above uh where we were at and uh, uh <laughs> so we have to we have to say uh, what you're hearing is mike's ringtone which is a harley engine <laughs> i don't know why they keep calling that it's the same number uh, <laughs> So All you're right. saying they're like things yeah, you'd, like you'd, on you'd the walk, ground. Yeah, you'd be walking around, and then 10, 10, 12 feet above you is where the, the whole gra- earth shifted it up. It shifted, dropped down, dropped and down. there was cracks out there. So I was out there about two weeks after it happened. Dad got got us in, mm. and uh, he, uh, you, there was cracks in the ground. You drop rocks down, and you hear it go, ding, 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 ding. Wow, just go down forever. He just went over until you couldn't hear anymore. And uh, his guys would get up, they were up on the poles trying to uh, uh, reinstall the lines and stuff. And mm. it was trimmers for months. Huh. And the trimmers had come, and guys had to hold, the, oh hug gosh. the pole to keep from getting shuck off the pole. <laughs> and there was a uh, um, canyon and a lake there. And the whole lake and this whole area shifted. 20 feet uh-huh. so and there was houses all the way around the lake uh-huh. well on one side of the lake houses were in the water and the other side they gained 20 feet of property <laughs> and huh. a whole knot this whole canyon there's a whole knob that came out and this whole canyon dropped in and made what called what to call quake lake or quake dam mm-hmm. and the air when it shut down it shut down that canyon and there was campers and stuff down the canal. Well, that and below where it dropped in, it was a major uh, campground, and it was totally buried. And those people have been—they don't know who's all buried under that. Really? Yeah. And then there was a—I have a book on that that tells the whole about the whole story. Not a lot of people re- remember that. Yeah, I've never heard that story. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, there was one story where the couple's trailer was uh, wedged between two trees. And so they were, and so they made a broadside to the wind coming down the canyon, which pushed the trailer against the back tree. So they, their trailer stayed. They looked out, and their kids were in sleeping bags laying on the ground. And the vacuum that came down through there, they raised the, the kids in their sleeping bags, raised up about four foot off the ground, and then the kids shot out of the. Uh, out of their sleeping bags down the canyon, and they were they were killed. Wow! That, that was how much velocity was going down. And so I forget how there was a lot of people killed in the canyon. It was a proper uh, canyon, but uh, yeah, he was in charge of all that. It was just there's a lot of stories that, that uh, uh, with that quake. That's one of the things that's always stuck on my town. And we yeah. were we were in um, Bozeman was about a hundred miles from the center of the quake. Okay. By, by the crow flies. Yeah. Okay, you couldn't get there that way. You had to go around yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we are in a three-story Victorian wood frame house, <laughs> and so my I had an old little twin bed that was on rollers, <laughs> and then that evening, uh, uh, this happened in the in uh, early night. And that evening, I walked home from a friend's of mine place to home, and the wind was blowing like crazy, like a storm was going to come in. And so, and so I got to the house, and I just remember that. So, anyways, when that daggone thing hit, it woke me up, and so I was, what in the heck? And so, I, so I looked out. I had my window was right there. I looked out the window. We had this huge lilac hedge, lilac hedge, mm-hmm. and the and I didn't register at the time, but the still swaying left to right, they were swinging at each other. 
Uh, not and like wind was not doing wind, it. But, yeah. yeah. And so I thought, well, okay, the wind's blowing. And yeah. so I went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I woke up, I heard, I heard voices talking while well, my parents had bailed out of the house and left me. <laughs> and, and so it being an old house, we didn't have a closet. So I had an ottoman on the other side of the room where I was at. Well, when I woke up, I was where the ottoman was and ottoman where my bed was at. Wow. Hmm. And uh, they, I think we lost a chimney on top of the house. I don't yeah. know. It just, it like Bozeman, other than chimneys and yeah. crack roofs and stuff. Yeah, okay. But, but we had shocks after shocks after after for years. My uh, or for a long time there was a uh, in mom's kitchen. I remember <laughs> you had these little frying pan. Uh, uh, they're made of ceramic that you'd yeah. have different pictures of. Yep. She had three of them on hooks, on just below the cabinet, so they swung. Uh, freely well that was her richter scale yes yeah, she knew oh yeah we always <laughs> she, knew when, when, when there was a when there was a, uh, a you know, when there was a quake or an aftershock uh -huh. we would see those things sometimes you just you barely start seeing you wouldn't feel it but you could see them moving mm -hmm. so that was so we were there for two and a half years and then uh, dad got promoted again and so we went back to helena and uh so then that was the third time back into hell. So are you like losing friends as oh, a kid yeah. every yeah, yeah. every couple of years? It's like, well, where'd all my friends go? Yeah, I didn't want to go down that road. It, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I that's was always the, the new kid on the block and always trying to fight to get in. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's part of the uh, uh, hunting by yourself. To, mm. You know, my parents both worked. and so Brothers and sisters? Nope. Just only, you? Just me. And okay. And so, yeah, it's my parents' work. My dad was a uh, uh, old school, and, and work came first, and everything else came second. Yeah. And so, and then he made my mom work because my dad was a clothes horse and loved cars. Hmm. And uh, so, uh, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember, or I remember making my own lunch for as long as far uh -huh. back as i can remember uh -huh. parents were never was never home in the summertime I, so there I wasn't like a lot of playing with mom and dad or not not uh i got some memories you know uh -huh. the uh, the best time i had was in it was in livingston and uh, because they were working and we had a bunch group but it wasn't with my parents mm -hmm. now i had to go with him into the park mm -hmm. you know and i learned some stuff but uh uh yeah uh you got me sidetracked here. Now, where was I? Uh, yeah, so we went to hell, but you're right. Even in high school, when I got to high school, I was always pretty much alone with a lot. I had some friends, but, uh, yeah, you're always, yeah. you know, if you're not in Montana, in, uh, Montana, you will find it, my graduating class was like 450 people or kids. And probably of the 450 probably 400 of them still live in montana right they never generation left. after well, generation they never leave I think they, they don't even go on vacation right. out of montana yeah uh they are uh are very uh montanans just don't leave montana the big sky country they got the biggest sky in the world you know <laughs> and uh, uh and so yeah it was because you're not born and raised there yeah. uh, you know you're you're tolerated okay you know uh, i had some some good times but uh uh you know i i went to one class reunion i think no i went to two i went to 10 year and i think i went to third year 
the 30 year and I have no interest in going back. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it was always that. So I went through my high school that this time then, uh, yeah. Tell uh, me about Mike in high school. Like <laughs> what are you driving a car? Uh, yeah, I started in Montana. You can drive at 15. All right. What was it? We always want to ask what your first car was. Well, the actually first car I had was a, uh, 53 international pickup. And, uh, then, uh and that was dad's that was what i was driving Ooh, what color it was red good old uh, international geez. red and that was dad's truck and uh uh yeah i guess yeah yeah the big fenders yep yeah and uh so then <laughs> looks like mater yeah then i bought i bought a dad helped me buy a 52 chevy i think four-door sedan nice apple the typical apple green and and uh, I drove that for a while, and I played football, and so I was, I was doing pretty good with the class because if you're a football player, you're more accepted. Sure. <laughs> and actually, I was pretty good at it. And uh, uh, but it, some of the things I did say is I had I had some uh, uh, I've had a lot of leg problems over the years, and huh. uh, it goes all the way back to Texas to cricket rickets to. Hmm skiing accidents and Bozeman and stuff. So my knees were all, my yeah. knees were pretty screwed up. And uh, so I was very good at, and so as a, I played on junior varsity uh, my sophomore year and I played varsity as long snapper. Oh, cool. And then I played center uh, at times or long snapper, but the, my famous part, I was outside linebacker. Yeah. And uh, get a run and start at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a speedball, but I, I was quick. You yeah. Know, the, uh, you know, I could get up to five miles an hour real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I did very well. And so what would happen, and I, I'd play the varsity games, and, uh, of course, I'd always get dumped and after I center the ball. And so, but I, but then they would go over, but I could jump up quick because I wasn't a big guy. You know, uh-huh. I was only 155 pounds and I was, and our line was 260 pound yeah, line some average. beef. Yeah. You know, and so, and that's <laughs> what we played against, you know. Uh-huh. And so they knocked me on my butt all the time. But I was, and I'd jump up and so I would run down to, on the kickoff. Yeah. And, uh, and there was always this halfback. On the outside, he always had me by about five yards. He always got the tackle. <laughs> he infuriated me because he was faster than me. Yeah. And so uh, uh, we we were we had to punt. But we punted from about the 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 their forty five yard line, mm-hmm. and we had to punt. And it was a good punt. And the guy catching the ball was on the five yard line. Mm-hmm. And he was, he muffed it, and he was going broadside, per- perpendicular to me, trying to catch that ball. And I could see I was going. To, I had a picture. I went yeah. in with my shoulder, <laughs> grabbed the ball, and run for yeah. a touchdown. And the halfback was no worse than in, okay. in sight. Yeah, like, he fell. Or something. He, I don't know what happened to him. I was not looking over my shoulder, but uh. I saw that. I was three steps from getting him, and I got clipped from the rear. Oh. And they didn't call it. And they didn't call it. Oh, I got a double sprain. Come over the radio. Of course, my parents never came to the game, but they listened to it on the radio. And so, uh, anyways, I, uh, I finished off the season. I was on crutches for, uh, for a week and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next season, uh, well, so then during the summertime, my dad uh, finds a 56 Chevy four-door hardtop 
three three on the tree with an overdrive mm. light blue and white <laughs> he buys the thing for five hundred dollars yeah <laughs> yeah so this has been about 60 uh, uh this has been around 63 yeah and uh so and then he gets me a job at buttery foods as a box boy all right. So I have the whole summer. I you got, got to, money. You I got, got the money. Cool car. I got my cool car. Yeah, man. And I'm loving life. And so comes uh, into summer. Uh, it's before uh, your senior year. No, no. This is uh, my junior year. Okay. And uh, say so a sophomore played and then come okay. into the junior. And so I go to. Uh, I, I get my sign-up slip. You have to get signed by the parents to play football. I get it from the coach, and he's looking forward to, you know, as I was a heck of a lawn snapper, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could flat haul that ball back there, mm -hmm. and I could, I could do 25 yards. Mm. Uh, and uh, so my dad says, won't sign it. Well, what do you mean you won't sign it? I says, won't sign it. Don't want you to play. Huh. And so we went around. I said, "Well, that's fine." I said, uh, "He says you got two choices: lose the car and play football, or Ugh. keep the car and keep working and not play football." Ugh. Oh, what are you mm. doing? You 16 years old, been <laughs> yeah. driving all summer. Yeah. You got the hot, one of the hottest cars in town. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, at the time, he indicated my mother uh, had a breakdown on because when i got hurt because he called it on the radio oh, I see. and i got hurt again on my they th called it my knee well, it was my ankle yeah and my knee i already had uh i've had uh at that time i had had uh uh two surgeries yeah. already yeah. major surgeries and uh uh no excuse me i had i've had i had three major surgeries with yeah. by the time you're 16 by the time i got there yeah i yeah. had three steel pins on the right side of my knee already yeah. And that's a whole other story. And uh, so she he indicated she kind of flipped out. Yeah. And so they didn't want me to play football. Well, so what are you going to do? So I went from the in crowd to the drunk crowd. Uh -huh. And uh, I started hanging out with the uh, old boys, at the, at the uh, these older guys. I was running around with older guys. And, yeah. And... Um, smoking winston cigarettes and partying and having a good old time and all their years we did go to uh the northern baptist church i was gonna ask yes is we did. there a story of it we were there was the southern baptist down in texas i remember going to church there and and uh dad was a deacon there in, in helena and it was an old church there and uh we did go to, go to church uh uh up until uh um up until I got into high school and I kind of stopped going. It kind of get me going. And after he pulled this, mm -hmm. then I pretty he pretty well, I did pretty much what I wanted to do. Dad knew this is that was it. So it was very much like it wasn't really even just the car or football. It was like either kind of be a grown up, make your own decisions, pay for your car, work, all that kind of stuff. Or no, of, I mean the car was gone. He he. He was because he was on the title, and so he was. There was no car. Right. He was, he was walking, and yeah, and it was. It was no uh, trying to work and do that at the same time. No, the car was gone. Okay. It was either football. And so you kind of said, you know, well, I, I thanks was, for everything. Yeah. So I told the coach, uh, um, uh, I'll come back next year. Uh, my knees bother me or some stupid thing, and, mm. and, and uh, but that. So I went from the. The athletic crowd to the party crowd. All right. 
and uh, my parents pretty well lost lost no dad had no control of me after that because yeah. i told him and it was the other part of his dad was always working so we didn't really have we had a very uh contentious uh, contentious or contentious yeah thank you yeah. uh relationship anyways yeah and uh i'd asked him sir let's go fishing whatever and now i'm working or i'm yeah. studying yeah, yeah. so finally i remember uh i mean i how many school nights i wouldn't get home till two o'clock in the morning Huh. Yeah, and I was lucky. If I hadn't had a, a, a girl that was a friend of mine help me on a, a paper, I wouldn't even graduated. Hmm. And uh, but I remember the one of the things that sticks in my mind mostly, biggest thing is that uh, I had friends I go deer hunting with and stuff, and I hunted all the time. Uh, in fact, a, a little side story. Uh, uh, in Montana, all you had you had to have a hunting license at that at this time and uh you and it had to have a deer tag okay mm-hmm. now you could only buy two but if you had somebody else's deer tag you could fill that tag you okay. didn't have to be the so today you, you today, could grab all your buddies tags and go out well and, what, that's that's well i could but that's not what, what, what where we were going with the see uh in the winter time, uh, the telephone guys really have a hard time making it because there's no overtime. They weren't huh. making big bucks, so in the winter time, they, they didn't have a lot of money. And winter's a long time, yeah. So they made all their money during the summertime with overtime, mm. and so a lot of these families just didn't have it. So, uh, anyways, I uh, uh, filled my tags right away, the two tags I had, and I gave the money uh, the deer way at. Uh, 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 a couple of friends of mine that they they knew somebody that was hurting that needed mm-hmm. the meat, so mm-hmm. I'd haul the deer. What you did in those days, we we didn't skin them like they do here mm-hmm. in, in California. We would because it was cold, mm-hmm. and so you would uh, field dress them, of course, and mm-hmm. clean them up real good on the inside, and then you take them and hang them in the garage for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Then you skinned them. Mm-hmm. It's like curing, you know, like the meat packers okay. clear the meat hangs in the meat yeah. packer for a while. Well, that's what they did in Montana. So I'd go take it, and hang it in their garage for them, and then uh, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we'll come back and we'll skin it, and mm-hmm. then you can get it off to the butchers. And there was a lot of butchers, and there was uh, a lot of, uh, of places that had uh, lockers that you could keep the meat frozen, okay. frozen, and you could rent real, real cheap. And it's because you didn't have, and that's that was mm-hmm. an ongoing thing. It was, it was a food source. Yeah. Well, the word got out. I got back to my dad, and so dad came to me one day and he says, uh, uh, "Hey, one of the guys that work for me, uh, he's got like five kids, and uh, mm. he can afford the tag. You know, they could, you could buy the tag without a license. It was it was really so. I think the tag's like three bucks, <laughs> and you can get." <laughs> You know, you get a deer for you know a whole carcass of a deer for three bucks, and we shot, in those days we could shoot does or uh, or bucks either one because the deer was just thick. We're everywhere. And yeah. uh, so Dad came to me and uh, said, uh, Joe, so and so, would you uh, shoot a deer for him? Well, you know, okay, All right. So you know, I went over and and I said, All right, I'm going out Saturday morning. I said, be it there so I can when I come in so I can drop the deer off on a Saturday morning. So I get up Saturday morning, I go out and get a deer and come back and, and um, hang it up in the garage and told him I'd say, man, I'd come back in 10 days and I'd skin it and then mm-hmm. you can get it off to the butcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up shooting like 11 or 12 deer that year. It for was other re- people. For other people, huh. yeah, yeah. And uh, dad never went with me once. Huh. And uh, so finally, I was a senior and uh, uh, I 
I'm kind of going out the door. It was a senior. I mean, I was, I was working out of control. I was working. I worked. I always mm-hmm. right. Sometimes I had three jobs. Yeah. You know, it was not that I wasn't lazy, but it was either working or partying. Yeah. You know, and I went to school because I had to. Yeah. You know, and uh, so yeah, it was kind of a. So, anyways, he asked me, "Hey, uh, I was going out the door." I said, uh, "Hey, let's. You want to go hunting in the morning?" I turned to him, looked him right straight in the eye, and I said, "Dad." That ship done sailed. Mm. I turned around and walked out the door. Mm. And, uh, so it took us a long time. Uh, we, you know, uh, I respect him because he did put a roof over my head. Yeah, hardworking and, guy. Uh, he was a hardworking guy. He was came from a different era. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, so we we uh, we tolerated each other or, or kind of got through it. And, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different other stuff that happened. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then after high school, straight to the military? No, I was working. Uh, we had a, uh, st- there was a department store that came into town, and I got in the ground floor of that, and uh, it was like a Macy's. Okay. It's called Hennessy's. And it was right. an East Coast company and department store. And so I worked, uh, went in, just knocked on the door, and there they were doing this. Hey, you want some, need some work in here to help, mm-hmm. help her? So I helped them set up the store and, and open boxes and getting clothing out and and so i got to know the bosses and so they ended up hiring me as uh uh the men's and boys department okay working as a clerk and so in those days you had to wear a suit mm-hmm. you know so i had a couple suits and uh uh living at home or yeah living? i still live at home yep. yeah yeah they, they would see me passing in the night yeah you know? that's right yeah and uh so uh yeah so i ended up being the manager of the men's and boys department while i was in high school and, wow. and so then okay. in my end of senior year there and then I when I graduated I still was still working there and uh, uh, I was partying less you know mm. it was kind of getting old mm-hmm. you know it gets old after a while you know and, and uh, so I didn't want to go to college my parents did have did say that they had some money for me to go if I wanted. It had been a waste of money. Yeah. Well, the day I graduated high school was one of the happiest days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I'm looking around. You know, it gets the end of summer, and I'm looking around. All the guys are taking off to uh, college. And yeah. uh, uh, buddy's left is nothing but the old drunks from the last three uh-huh. high school classes that I knew in the yeah. past. Yeah. And you know, so he got me thinking. So, what am, what am I going to do? You know, I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing, but I don't want to go to school. Yeah. Well, I had two f- guys. Or we, we were friends. One of them, we were friends for a long time. He was one of the first guys I met in Helena when we first time mm-hmm. uh, we were in Helena. John Vollertson. And uh, I ran into one 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 night. And what you guys doing? I said, Oh, we're going to go. Uh, uh, oh, where where are you guys headed? He said, We're heading to Butte. Well, Butte was just over the mountain about. 100 miles a night or 90 miles or something like that. So we're going over to uh, take our physical to go in the Army on the buddy system. So they'd already joined the reserves. And uh, so he said, mind if I tag along? Just that it, just that was that was the, how I'm, the decision I'm cruising got made. Maine. Next yeah. thing I know, I'm going to Butte to take, see if I could pass. So what I wanted to do is see if I could pass the physical because of my knee. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So... We took off, went went to Butte, and uh, they passed their physical, and, and I passed my physical. They want, of course, they wanted to induct me right then and right, there. Right, that's right. And I, and my <laughs> Once buddy, you're in the door, and my buddies weren't going to go for two weeks. They were just going through their process, coming from uh, or changing their, their uh, from 
the guard or no, reserves. Reserves, or? yeah, but there was I don't I can't remember there was some deal they had to do there. Either a US or an RA. US was a draftee. Okay. RA you joined. I see. US is two years. When you join, it's three years. Okay. And so they were converting over to be three years in. And so and I was going to be joining. And I, I was, I hadn't been drafted yet. I knew it was going to come at some point in time. Okay, you felt. But, I, yeah. yeah, I don't remember when my, where my number was at. So, anyways, they were going to go in two weeks, and they had the buddy system. They were going in on the buddy system. Mm. You can go through your basic training stuff on the buddy system. Huh. And I said, well, I said, uh, no, I won't go now. But I will go in two weeks if you put make a third buddy system with okay. my two buddies. Yeah. I said, okay. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I uh, – um, um, So your decision to join the Army from start to finish was less than a day. Less than an evening. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went you – went, like you went from – was it – was there any part of it that's like, I'd love out of Montana. No, no, not it, that. It, it was nothing. It was. <laughs> it, it was just, don't you know, overthink this. Don't overthink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a. You know, I'm a young buck. You, yeah. you know how you, you make a spur of the moment decision. Yeah. Well, you know? and probably you kind of thought I'm probably going to get drafted anyway. No, nah, I don't. I don't. It wasn't even that. It was, <laughs> Grant, don't, don't make it complicated because it wasn't. All, right. all I know is that I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. Okay. What was you know when yeah. when, when all the kids were going to go off to into summer going off to college. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at that, and and I don't want to go to school. Yeah. And I, I was in an uncomfortable situation, and uh, so sounded pretty good. So I said, yeah, why not? My dad, my dad was in the service. Uh, my uncles, uh, uh, all on my on the Malorn side of the family, are all uh, in the service. And army uh, guys. Yeah. 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 Or oh, well, dad was Army Air Corps at that time. Okay. And so yeah, so we went to. Uh, I went back home to my parents and uh, uh, give dad the keys. I had some bills. I took me. I had to pay some bills off and stuff. Signed my car off. I had. I've gone through some other cars. I have. We have gone in the story. I, I had a, the fifty-two Chevy, fifty-six Chevy, fifty-seven Chevy, fifty-eight Chevy before I left home. Wow. And we won't go any further than that. So the fifty-eight is what I was driving, and mm-hmm. so I left that at home. And um, so I went in the service, and the three of us went in, and I signed up. And this is where I reflect back. Uh, I always still, I had not accepted Christ as my Savior, but God was still, I always, it was always there. Yep. And this is where uh, God had gu- guided me into that situation. And when I reflect, see, when you get my age, now you can reflect you back. back yeah. You can look back. He was pushing me in that. And it was, the, what are the odds of me running around town? These guys are on the way in, or me intersecting them, yeah. honking the horn at them, they pull over. Yeah. I get in the car and go to Butte. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah. You know, where, where did that come from? You know, but you don't think about it at the time. Right. You're but, just living life. But that was where, that's where I know God was really started pushing me down my future path. Mm. And so I, uh, what I signed up, they were, they, uh, they went in the army as clerk typists or, uh, or, uh, office clerks. Okay. I went in as a tanker. I wanted to be in tanks. I loved them big tanks, man. I, I thought that was cool. And so we went through basic. You had to go through. And by the way, 
that is cool. Yeah, there's, cool. there's no, <laughs> cool. there's, there's no so, discussion. So Tanks that, are cool. So we went through basic training because you got to go through infantry uh, training to go to the next step. Yeah. And so we we were stationed four door. In fact, right at the top of Giggling Road, it's the very last barracks at the top of Giggling Road was the barracks I took my basic training at. Okay, so that gets you to California. For I got the us first to California. Time. Yeah, you'll I'll take a little quick side start. This three, so there's three tough guys, and when we inducted, uh, now the, my buddies were. They would have been in a reserve, but guess who they gave the packet to to bring all? I had it was like seven or eight of us going to, in. In fact, it was more than that. There was a bunch of them. Who had in charge of the packet? <laughs> <laughs> and my buddies were mad. Said, well, you mean you, you got put in charge? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, we, I guess they like my looks better than you We're going to give it to the guy who wants to drive a tank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we uh, when we left, uh, we left we uh, we got inducted, uh, uh, left Butte from Butte, Montana. Yeah. Well, we're standing outside. Now, the three of us, we had light sweaters on. It's 26 degrees and it's snowing. No, yeah. big, no big deal. Yeah. You know, we, we were standing out there for over an hour yeah. waiting for it to get on the plane. Yeah. So we get a plane and they drop us off in San Francisco. They put us on the Milk Run bus from San Francisco to Fort Ord. Uh -huh. We stopped at every little Podoc town. And this is, <laughs> we left somewhere around 8 o'clock at night. And we didn't get to Fort Ord until 5 o'clock in the morning. Ugh. Well, it's January. I said this was January uh, 2nd or 1st, something like that. All and right. it's one of the coldest winters we've had here in years. Uh -huh. Okay. And, of course, they since we the Reverly isn't until 6, uh -huh. this guy... The bus drops off there, and all the kids we all drop off. We all get out, and there's a bunch of us, and, and all kinds. It was a whole platoon. Here. It was a whole platoon. Yeah, puts us in formation at five o'clock in the morning, standing <laughs> at a parade rest. <laughs> Fog is thick enough to cut it with yeah. a knife, and us three tough guys from Montana, we stood there and shook until I thought my teeth was going to come out of my head. It was so cotton picking cold. Yeah, that moisture we weren't yeah, used you don't to. That get that wet and we cold, stood there though. for an hour until Reveille at six. What, yeah. The guy who drove you just kind of said, No, hey. that was a bus. That was okay. a, We were on a bus. Oh, so you had... The bus drops off yeah. there, the recruits there. That was the milk run, and that was one of the stops on the milk run. Yeah. Stopped to drop the crazy recruits off at yeah. uh, Fort Ord, <laughs> and then he went on into uh, Seaside. and. So Pacific were you Hill. a drill sergeant? Did you end Not, up... I at, did, yeah. I want to hear about being a drill sergeant. Well... Were you, were you terrifying? Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so they, because they were in the reserves, uh -huh. uh, one of the guys, uh, he was a, also an Eagle Scout, uh, became, we, and, and you had a platoon of 45 or 46 in, in a, a, a textbook uh, platoon. And there's five platoons and a, a, a barrack uh, and, and trainees at that time. And so you, you had two acting jack sergeants, and four action jack uh, corporals. So the two, you had the platoon sergeant, the assistant platoon sergeant, and then you had the four squad leaders. And they're all acting jack. We had these blue thing armbands with our rank on them. Well, the thing about that is we had our own private rooms. Everybody, ah. All the other guys were in the in the barracks. Yeah. Okay. Well, my buddy was end up being the platoon sergeant. My other buddy was the assistant, and I was a squad leader. Huh. So I was in with the room with them. And so I never pulled KP the whole time I was in the army. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, anyways, I did. Uh, I was athletic, and uh, and it was a good shot. And so I did very well in in basic training, 
And uh, so because I was in that leadership position, then I still had to go to advanced infantry training before I could go to tank school at Fort Knox. So they went to clerk school. We were still at Fort Ord, but, and, uh, but I had to go to advanced infantry training. And so, but unbeknownst to me, I show up at my advanced training company, and it was three of us that showed up at the same time there. And they said, well, you guys aren't supposed to be here for two weeks. This is still here at Fort Ord. You said Fort Ord. Yeah, yeah. yeah I went home for leaving yeah. and come back. And so, so the first sergeant says, well, hold on here, guys. Stand here and let me find out what's going on. Well, they had put me into a leadership preparation course because I did well at basic. Did that was, sound good to you? Oh, anything yeah, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, we're still not you, overthinking this. Yeah. You know, you don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. well, you, well, you're told this is what you're going to do. Right, so I, right. I had no choice. This yeah. is, I, was, yeah. I was put into the school. Well, that two-week leadership preparation course was a, what to call, uh, uh, what I would call a miniature OCS, Officer mm-hmm. Candidate School, mm-hmm. which is they really put you through the ringer. I think we got in two weeks, I probably got about three hours sleep a night, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we had the golden rule, spit shine. There was a strip down the middle of the barracks. We spit shine that thing. Literally, our coins had to bounce off the bed we didn't in basic but huh. it, i mean uh the we went through school and trip and all this kind of stuff and so uh uh all the things physically that you can do i'm great at the leadership i'm good at the book side of it yeah not so good not your favorite not my favorite reading was something was really tough for me a comprehension and so anyways i was doing i did well in it well out at the out at East Garrison at Fort Ord, mm-hmm. there was a uh, obstacle uh, leadership course. Okay. So we we sent we sent us out there, and we drive up, and first of all, there's a, a two diving stands, uh, twenty foot high, facing each other, with a ten foot gap between them. Hmm. And I look up and I see three boards up there. Okay. Well, then there was a wall, and then there was a, a an obstacle all the way around. There was like eight or nine of them on one side and eight or nine on the other side. And so they would it would take groups of three or four, and one would be in charge. you got to get this group through this obstacle. It's a leadership mm-hmm. to, how to how you led people through that. Mm-hmm. As soon as I looked at that, I said, I know just as sure as I am standing here, that's the one I'm going to get. Mm. So I didn't pay any attention to what the rest of these guys, my mind was, huh. how am I going to get three boards and five guys across that gap? Gap, yeah. Because I knew it was coming. Sure enough, we kept going around and around. My name wasn't called. Kept all the way around. And we got that last one. And, and uh, 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 I was still private this. Private Malorn, you're up. I missed the I missed beating the course record by three seconds. <laughs> I had it all figured out. Yeah, and and yeah. only because the board slipped on us that we didn't get the last <laughs> over there and we got them across. So I finished AIT, and so then I was a assistant platoon sergeant uh-huh. in, in advanced infantry training. Had my own room, never pulled any cable. I got a lot of passes to go to town, and uh, and so it's pretty and, good life. And so I did well in, in advanced training, and I was an expert with. Uh, uh, M60 expert with the M14, the M16, 
sharpshooter with the 45, and there was some other things. But a 45 it, is a, a pistol? Yeah. Nice. And uh, uh, 1911. Oh, sweet gun. <laughs> 45. And uh, so, anyways, we we get done in and graduating, and this is getting to where you want to go. Yeah. There was uh, about 10 of us lined up up there to get awards, uh-huh. and I was one of them. Now, mind you, now the captain is there. I haven't seen this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Since I got there. Yeah. Okay. So we go down the line, and I got a trophy for because uh, I was I had I I did the best in the M60. I okay. got a, I got a perfect score on the M60 machine gun. Loved that thing. <laughs> and uh, so then I'm on the end now. Now he didn't say anything other than congratulations to these other ten guys until he gets to me. So we don't congratulations. And said uh, then he says. Uh, how would you like to uh, stay here and be a drill sergeant? Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm young and sure. dumb. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't. Okay. Sounds yeah. pretty good to me. What the yeah. heck? He said, "Well, you know, you have to give up your your tank tank, tank yeah. thing. Wait, you have to sign a waiver on your on the school that you choice to mm-hmm. tank school." I didn't have time to really think about it. Yeah. You know, if I really thought about it, I would probably would have turned it down. Mm. But I'm standing there, and I didn't have, you know, I had to make a quick decision. Yeah. Well, of course, the God, God did yeah. one of these and said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So uh, I got reassigned back to my basic training unit. Huh. And because I did well, I was already an E3 coming out of, uh, I was already an E3 when I got to AIT. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was a PFC uh already as soon as i got there because because uh, i had done well so i already got yeah. promoted to e3 so then they cut acting jack uh uh orders and this is one of the f- one or two times you can wear actually wear corporal stripes in the army at that time huh. is a drill corporal okay so they made me a drill corporal you know so i had no i didn't have that blue i had actual corporal stripes but i wore a black the uh, helmet liner of the uh, uh the steel pot Mm-hmm. They painted them black, and I had a blue scarf where all the other drill sergeants had a cloverleaf scarf. Okay. Okay. And so I became a drill sergeant or a drill corporal, got reassigned back to my basic training unit. And then from there, the next class came up for drill sergeant school. I went through drill sergeant school as a drill corporal. All right. Okay. And so I did very well in drill sergeant school, everything but the book work, uh-huh. of course. And and so I even I, I would stay after to help help. Uh, try to get help now new uniforms they have strings you know you have the hell you got loose strings with new new stuff well they would grow out of these uniforms i don't know how they did so <laughs> those are gigs okay okay and so we had an inspection every morning on our uniform well the drill instructor is the only guy in the army that can wear marine drill sergeant dress because those Dress khakis is what officers wear in the summertime, but that's what the Marine drill sergeants wore all the time. I see. Because he went through Marine drill sergeant school, mm-hmm. he was the only one authorized to wear that. Well, this guy was a textbook, what you'd see in the comic books. This guy was six foot four, a T. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, right down the narrow west, he had uh, jump boots, spit shine right yeah. to the top. Yeah. 
deep voice as big and big yeah. son of a gun. Yeah, didn't say please and thank oh, you a lot. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he would run. Of course, we had E6s and E7s and uh -huh. E8s, and he was an E7 or 8. I can't remember now. And so, anyways, th there was three of us drill corporals in there. And we were burning ropes off our uniform right before, and uh -huh. he'd find one. I mean, these things would grow. By the time he got down the line, they would grow. <laughs> yeah. And we, we were, and of course, we had the old issued army boots. Uh -huh. You trying to get spit shine on those is yeah. um, almost impossible. <laughs> the rest of these old salts, and they all had the Cochrane, they were Cochrane's. Okay. Cochrane jump boots. And they had a nice toe, and you could really spit shine them. The guys would do the heels, but they wouldn't do anything else. This guy's, his boots from heel to toe to the top. Spit shine. Could see your reflection. Yeah. And so uh so he knew we were struggling. And but but he would he would watch he would see he would be up, he'd see this three three of us, we'd be clean, you know, yeah, checking each yeah, other out. Yeah. Yeah, team thing, you know. Yeah. So finally after I because you only get so many gigs and you fail. Uh-huh. Okay. He got to fill us three young cor uh, drill corporals, but just in our uniforms uh -huh. of the gigs. And so after a while, he and then so finally one day, and of course, you didn't know, and I don't, I think you saw me before I had my knee fixed. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, uh, before I got my knee, time I got even in 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 the army, I was bow legged as all get out because of my leg and huh. the injuries and stuff. You could literally shove a softball between. Well, I put my heels together. You could shove a softball between my legs and not touch either side. Hmm. So funny, this old boy, he gets in front of me. And he kind of looks me up and down. And he says, Corporal, if you were standing in a ditch and a pig ran down that ditch, it would see any, touch either side <laughs> of your legs. He did a right face. And with the next thing, that was the last time I got a gig. Huh. Derp got another one. Huh. Well, so finally, you know, we're, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm because, uh, academically. And but I'm excelling in everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and he saw I was doing this. And so... Uh, 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 I'm coming I, after I'd done a little extra work with one of the instructors. I'm running to my 47 man at Ness Plymouth, uh, suicide doors, and heading back to the barracks. And he's coming out at the same time. He gets to his car and he says, Carl, get you, you old one over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I run over there. And, yes, sir. He, said, he grabs this can, slams it into my stomach. I dang near doubled over. He said, Now get you a bunch out of here. I didn't even look at it, man. I got in my car. Huh. I, I was three blocks up the street before I even looked at what it was. Uh -huh. Well, Amway makes a plastic spray for boot shining that's flexible. Uh. <laughs> and so you, you follow instructions. He I paused it. Secret. Oh, you better believe he did. <laughs> so I, I read the instructions. And so I just shined the crap out of those, those boots, get them really black. And I sprayed that stuff on there. I said, holy moly. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I get it all done. I show up the next day. We have inspection. And of course, these, the old, old salts are barely doing their toes on uh -huh. their, on their cockroach. Uh -huh. you know? Oh, Lord. Corporal Millard. Three. I was in the front. We're always in the This corporals are always in the Because they also yeah. also make us put us in the fronts. Five steps forward. <laughs> oh, God. I get out five steps. I'm with him. Give me a bout face. I do an about face. Now, you old salts. You see this poor old corporal with the, the issued boots and their spit shine from top to bottom? <laughs> I expect you to have your boots the same way as this old corporal. <laughs> I, oh, no. I mean, these guys are already giving us a bad time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I 
Yes, and that's that, I'm dead. That's I'm fun. dead. <laughs> so, the three, there's three of these guys, and, uh-huh. and uh, they corner me, and uh, uh, they're just, I mean, they're getting wanting to kick the you know yeah. what out of me. Yeah. He says, "You stop this! You're causing us a lot of trouble." And I said, "Hey, man, I'm trying. I'm just, hey guys, I'm just trying to get through this thing." Yeah. You know, and so they had me cornered, and they start knocking, pushing me around a little bit. The drill corporal sergeant comes around the corner, stops, and their backs are to me, and I see him. And, uh, and I says, I put my hand says, guys, I'm trying to do it. And he hit me again. Sergeant's hot. Yeah. <laughs> he went over there the next day. They were gone. Uh, they got booted. Wow. And, of mm. course, that gets out real quick. Those old salts, those three drill corporals, they stayed quite clear away from They uh-huh. never said one other word to us. <laughs> so I became a drill sergeant. Right on. And, Did you uh, enjoy that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, uh, so as soon as I got out, then my the time and grade, and this is what I had. I got into this this program. So as soon as they waived time and grade, then I got back to the barracks. I wasn't there about a month or two. And then I had time and grade where they could waive time and grade. So they made me an E4 mm-hmm. and then cut buck sergeant stripes. Okay. So then I could get the hat. All right. I got my, I got my hat. Right on. And so I worked for another sergeant for quite a while, and then I got transferred from my original co- uh, training company over to Delta Company, across the way in the same battalion, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 and then I got my own platoon. Right and on. That, drill, that see when you you're coming up through the same barracks, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get a lot of respect. Yeah. You know, but when I got over there, yeah. I got respect. That's right. They didn't they didn't have the history yeah. with you. They just saw the stripes and said, "Hey, we well, need I to... just saw the work that I did." Yeah. You know, yeah. I always had a very good clean barracks, and my guys did, and yeah. and my platoon did, and uh, so uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. So so we're uh, we don't have time for all the stories I want to get to. So let's get me from the like army to like pg because you've been dug in in pg for a long time so so first of all i want i've heard the story before but i i'd love to hear the story of how you came to christ how you ended up here at lighthouse well, how was, you met cynthia like that that kind of is all one story right like it's all part of this I, yeah i i was at at the barracks i was going to chase another rabbit we can get right to that uh a lot of us were in the barracks, so we lived in the barracks. Uh-huh. You know, we had the trainees, but we had rooms that were our own rooms where we have two or three of us or a permanent party had yeah. our own rooms. Yeah. And, of course, we partied every night. Yeah. So finally, one Sunday morning, uh, uh, we left the troops alone on Sunday and, and, and pretty much on Saturday, too. But once in a while, we have some details, but pretty much we had the weekends off. Yeah. And so I woke up again one, one Sunday morning. We were on that tile floor. I put my feet down on that cold tile floor. My head's about this big as a basketball. And uh, so I you know, feel like a truck ran over me and honked his horn when he left. <laughs> and uh, so I said, you know what, there's got to be something better than this. Yeah. So I uh, put on my uh, uh, best duds, I had some slacks and sweater and stuff, and and we had a, a three phone booths down in, downstairs in the barracks, and uh, opened up the yellow pages, Southern Baptist Church. Just ripped out the page and got back in my car, and I said, oh, oh, First Southern Baptist Church of Seaside on Hilby. Hmm. Well, where in the heck is Hilby? Well, I look up. What do you think the cross street was? Yeah. Hilby. Hilby. Yeah. And down here at, uh, at uh, uh, Kelly Moore, mm-hmm. 
right there in the corner used to be a phone booth, and that used to be a, a dime store. And that's where I stopped right there, and there's Hilby. So I bebopped up to Hilby, walked in, and that was... Uh, and uh, uh, What year is that? Do you remember? That would have been 67. 67. Yeah, yeah early 67. Or no, it was 60, late 66. <laughs> yeah, later in the year in 66. All this whole stuff really... Yeah, there's a lot going. of yeah. stuff packed in those couple years. Yeah. And so anyway, so I get in the church and uh, uh, at that time we used the side door. It was the side yeah. door here. It's not there anymore. When you walk down that building hallway, you you walk into the sanctuary, mm-hmm. and you either went left or right. And uh, so, anyways, I parked parked to myself in the back, of course. And so I'm going to walk down and then cut right to get out of the church. Well, uh, Cynthia and her mom were over on the left, and she thought it was so neat. That then those days they'd make you stand up and have your eye and all yeah. the military guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, oh yeah. So, guess who was sitting in the church in a pew on the left hand side when I come in? The captain that got me into the program. Oh, fun. Yeah. Was sitting over there. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> now does that kind of start telling tell you something? Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. And there's a pretty good chance he was praying for you. Uh, yeah. holy moly yeah. and so anyways i'm walking down the aisle and uh, C- cynthia's mom wanted her to introduce herself to to <laughs> me she thought it was pretty cool and of course cynthia didn't want it <laughs> and so as soon as i got down here she pushed her in front of uh cynthia in front of me <laughs> yeah. and we had to bump into each other yeah <laughs> and of course she had it and so she invited to the youth group the uh, youth uh, stuff or uh, a young young adult group they had uh so I, I turned it down as i was doing doing something so i didn't see her for, i didn't come back for a while and so i finally came back and and went to church and i went to i went to that sunday night deal and so it was her and this other gal that was leading it two good lookers man <laughs> and so secret I'm, secret to a good youth group <laughs> <laughs> have attractive people in it yeah, yeah. so it anyway she uh so i debated between the two of them if i'm gonna ask to take out for a coke so i ended up asking out cynthia and so she told her dad she was living at home up here on hilby and uh that she was going out for a coke so that got over at nine i didn't get cynthia home until eleven thirty. yeah her dad put a sign on her pillow. How big was the coke? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. She told that same story. I, I like that. that's like part of the Malorn lore. Oh yeah. So long story short, uh, uh, we uh, uh, got we. I got I asked her to marry me, and uh, we had the ceremony right here at the church. I was married right here in the church, and so we're getting married on a Saturday. So uh, Saturday afternoon, so Saturday morning, I drove out to the uh, to the barracks and and uh, to get a big big pot to make the punch in because we didn't have a pot to make the punch after reception and stuff. And so when you, anytime you come onto the property, you always check in with the first sergeant. I mean that's just protocol. You okay. Know, it lets you know you're there and tell them what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the the mess sergeant said yes, you still go sure. through the first sergeant and uh, so he had a pretty good sized office and it was kind of like this room and so his desk was here and the phone was here and he was over here on the corner when I walked in and uh, hey sorry to see you what are you doing so I'm going to borrow a pot to, for my wedding reception he was getting married and the phone rings I say hey pick that up for me wait I said yeah Sergeant Malarne speaking sir oh yeah Sergeant Malarne your Lord Ors for Vietnam just came down mm. you're going 30 days that was mm. it I got married to 
Wow. That afternoon. I never told Cynthia. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And uh, so I told the sergeant. He says, uh, uh, he says, you're getting married tomorrow, today, or, or uh, this was on, uh, we're getting married on Sunday or Friday or whatever. I was getting married the next day. Yeah. He says, yeah. He says, well, 30 days is much time. He says, uh, didn't uh, Sergeant McDonald owe you a favor? Mm. Well, Sergeant McDonald was uh, Sergeant Major McDonald. As a matter of fact, he was a battalion Sergeant Major. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was in the other company, being the low buck sergeant of the company, you get building maintenance. Mm-hmm. That's the low line. So all the faucets and mm-hmm. electrical and switches and all that stuff, you either got to get them fixed, have a work order to get them fixed, or have to put a tag on that you have ordered them. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, when you get an IG inspection, well, we got an IG inspection. I had to, that's why I didn't even work with the troops for two weeks. And I borrowed hmm. stuff from that. It, we didn't get tags on. I had to borrow stuff from the, uh, from the battalion company, uh, Sergeant Major's company over to our company. And so I did. And, uh, then a week later, Sergeant Major gets IG inspection notice. But his buck sergeant was doing it. Got just took off to Vietnam. So he called. He called over my captain. And said, "Hey, can I borrow your sergeant?" So I did two companies. So uh-huh. I, did, I took my stuff. I had back over to his place. So he did owe and, you and a favor. Stuff. Yeah. And so and he, and he passed. Yeah. Okay. So he owed me one. He says, "Yeah, he owes you one, didn't you? Help him with IG space." He says, "Yeah, I did." Says, well, hold on a second. So he gets on the phone. Sorry, major. Yeah. Sorry, Morris, come over and see you. You get time? He says, yeah. Says, get your butt over there. <laughs> says, okay. And Sergeant McDonald was another, he was an airborne ranger, uh-huh. big black guy, six foot six, deep, big old deep voice. Yeah. And I come in there and I said, what's the problem, Sergeant? He says, well, I said, I just got my alert orders from Vietnam. I said, I'm not trying to get out of it, but I'm getting married tomorrow and they want me to leave in 30 days. What, don't you worry about that a bit, Sergeant? Give me them orders. He says, you go on your honeymoon and see me when you get back. I'll take care of everything. Yes, sir. Yes, out sir. the door yeah. I went. Yeah. Got back and my alert, alert orders got, uh, they pushed it out as far as they could push it to kit my year in. Uh-huh. And so I stayed on for 90 days before I okay. went to. Uh, Still went not to, a lot of time to settle no, down and no, be married. And so uh, I, of course, I've been going to church with Cynthia and stuff. And so, you know, and and this is, well, I won't go there. Yeah. But invitations, you know, yeah. you're standing there and you're, you're in the hot seat. You know, you're yeah. all, you know I'm just, every yeah. time you get that invitation, you know, the, you know, the Holy Spirit's just, come on, get your butt out there, get your yeah. butt out there. And, and, and it was Pastor Hughes. And so finally one evening, I don't know when or what was going on, but the, at that time, the parking lot went right up to the building. So you parked right up, up to the building, or right off on this wing right here, there was a pickup right parked right at the end. And I was parked on the other side, and Pastor Hughes was coming over to get to his car or something. None of us was here then. And um, so we got to talking. So he's on this side of the pickup, leaning on the pickup. I'm on the other side of the pickup bed. And that's where I accepted Lord Jesus Christ, is right there in right the corner of that pickup. By that bed on that pickup, I I think it only makes sense that you gave your life to Jesus outside. Outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was not going to happen in an office. Yeah, it just it just wasn't. And so you want to go? I said no. Yeah. No, I don't want to go forward and do baptized now. Yeah. Uh, to me, that would 
it would dishonor the fact that it looked like I wanted to get this done because I'm going to Vietnam. You went to Vietnam. No, yeah. I know I'm saved. Yeah. And so I'll say, I'll, God knows it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it when it I get back. It felt more sincere. Yes. I, I just, to me, it would, it would, I don't know. I just. Maybe you'd seen other guys kind of be afraid. You wanted to be sure it wasn't motivated by fear. You got you want, And I knew it wasn't, but right. that's what it would look like. Yeah. Okay. And so, and once you go to, once you go to Vietnam to a war zone, mm-hmm. there is three type, three different types of people. My type, I knew God told me I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt in my mind that I was coming home. Mm-hmm. Then there's guys that know they're not going to come home, and they mm. don't. Mm. And then there's guys that don't have a clue. Mm. They're just going through life. Mm-hmm. And so I took chances that I probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I finally pushed the envelope a little too much and finally got, hit me with an 81 martyr to say, mm. hey, uh, you know, you need to back off here. You're getting mm. a, little, a little too careless. <laughs> so I was out of commission for 30 days, went back to the field. I got hit with 11 pieces of shrapnel with an 82. They're 82 mortar. Where? Got legs. Both legs, both arms. I got one oh big, big one in here, and I got one underneath my lip. In fact, one, the sh- one hit my shin there. I still, it, it came up. It's right there, still there now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so when I got back, I went forward, was baptized in this church. My wife, my, my father-in-law, Cynthia, her sister, uh, myself. And my two kids are all been baptized in that baptism. That's a good story. We uh, we're about at that about at the hour mark, so we don't, we're going to have to schedule you again so we can hear more fire stories. And I, but I, can we just talk about motorcycles for a second? Sure, because I do <laughs> want to talk the two parts that I I wrote down that I was like, hey, we're not leaving until we talk about Pacific Grove and how Pacific Grove's changed and stayed the same in cool ways, um, and then also fires. But, uh, but let's talk about motorcycles just for to wrap this up. When when did you get your first bike? In Montana. Mm-hmm. I bought a uh, uh, 61 or 62 Yamaha YDS2 250 two-stroke. Dirt bike? Yep. yep. Well, it was a combo. Yeah. And so I and, put it, yeah. but I put a big knobby tire on it. And then, and then I had a. Uh, Please tell uh, me there was a holster on that thing somewhere, for the shotgun. No, it's, <laughs> it's both the shotgun and the rifle. Okay. <laughs> so I had a, I had a bolt-on big sprocket. Okay. And a link so I could convert back from road to yep. dirt or yep. whatever. And so we'll stick with the dirt side of it. Yeah. So uh, I had, and then a friend of mine had a ranch out there, and he gave me a horse gun scabbard. And so I ran it right down the fork of the deal, and the, the butt stuck up right up here, so I could quick, quick, quick and yeah, and uh, and draw it out and shoot. And yeah. so I used to take that out hunting, and and uh, uh, that's a pretty loud bike for hunting. A little two stroke. Yeah, mean, mean, mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, there were two stories of that. The one, the one quick story was uh, uh, I went out to uh, uh, do a little deer hunting out on the uh, uh, alfalfa fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, north at northeast of town, and uh, I was didn't see it. I was coming back. It's just right. I mean, it was almost dark, and a, a headlight right back dab in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. standard broadside with a huge muley five point buck. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
he jumped the fence where it just happened to be a, a, a uh, opening uh, into the alfalfa field. Uh-huh. And I'm on, inside <laughs> bucks going and I'm chasing, chasing him. him <laughs> I get out of there and and I finally run up just close to him. I'm going to use that headlight and I just about ready to hit the brakes where I could pull up and, and sh- shoot him. Well, you know, there's irrigation ditches, you know, in the alfalfa fields. <laughs> I hit that, I hit that thing. Luckily, it went down just enough that when I went over the top of it, I just missed the butt of the gun. Yeah. I went at, butt over tea kettle across the alfalfa field. I'm just I, I figured my bike was toast. Yeah. It didn't bother that Yamaha one bit. Yeah. So I finally get up. Well, I'm standing out there about 25 yards, standing there broadside. I get the headlight. It was that buck looking at me. He was laughing like, at you. Oh, yeah. Laughing you. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whatever. <laughs> So I said, yeah, you were in it, friend. Yeah, see you later. See you later. (laughs) And then we used to play uh, uh, chase up in the mountains. Mm. And there's all kinds of mine shafts and that kind of stuff ah, out there. Yeah. And, and so these guys were all running. At that time, the, uh, uh, my buddies were running the Honda 250 Skyhawk. I had the pipes come up. Now neatest neatest yep. sounding bike I ever yep. made. Yep. The, oh, that was a beautiful bike. Yep. And we used to run up through the hills. And we had this one side mountain. And we'd run through the dirt and stuff. And so they could outrun me. You know, because they had it. The top I, end was yeah, better, cause, yeah, because I had that big sprocket. So I, 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 I'm in the chase. They're chasing me. I come down and down this flat area, and I'm running across there trying to get across before they get there and get on the other side. So I, I hadn't been down this far. So I'm, they said they're following me, and I'm ding, 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 and yeah. all of a sudden there's no road. <laughs> it drops off, and it goes into a creek bottom. I mean, you're talking about a uh, 12-foot drop. The road yeah. dropped down into this creek yeah. bottom. Yeah, I go flying off there. I just barely caught the bottom of that to get a little dip, and it's a wide part of that. And I hit that creek. And they said, "They said my buddy says you're running along, and all of a sudden you're gone." And next thing you know, here comes water coming out of the, mouth, <laughs> out of the ground. I barely get on there. Well, long story short, uh, two hours later, I finally get the bike started. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. might have soaked the heads well, there. No, the that's spark not plugs. It, nope, no, nope, nope, that wasn't what it was. Uh, I, it, it was hard starting from that day forward. I took it back to the guy, sold it to him uh, when I went to uh, the service. I, when I came back on leave, I, I bought by here, and he'd sent it to the factory. He couldn't, they couldn't find it, what was wrong with it. And he said he was not two weeks before I got home. On this is not, this is sometime later that I stopped by and he said I was sitting on my chair and the case was sitting upside down on the bench and the window light was coming through the window and it cut us and I did a shadow and what had happened is the case had cracked but it cracked but it closed back up and you couldn't see it and it was just enough they did uh, they did a uh, spot tig, weld or something uh, tig, tig weld at because okay, yeah. it's aluminum case oh, and oh, okay. just sold it so that was my first first bike what's and, your favorite bike Yvonne uh, when did you get? When did you turn into a Harley guy? Uh, I I had my next bike was a uh, uh, what was it a Honda? A Honda. Yeah, that's God's favorite bike. What one twenty five? <laughs> it was a road bike, a real heavy bike, yeah. and I uh, used to ride it to work at stalls. And uh, I was playing with chasing the kids in the street one day and <laughs> dumped it and broke yeah. my shoulders before we went on a vacation. That's a whole nervous story to take another hour to tell. So that's when I had to sell it. Uh-huh. And so I told the wife, this is one of these days I'm going, uh, the kids get gone, I'm going to buy. And I said, but 
the it was that uh, when her, her kitchen got remodeled, then I was going to buy my Harley. I always yeah. wanted Harley. Yeah. And uh, so she drug this out, drug us out, drug mm-hmm. us out. So finally, I said, that's it. The kids are gone. So there was a, a, a interior decorator above my office moved in. I hired her. And I said, now, don't take offense. I don't really care about your your uh, uh, direct or uh, home decorating mm-hmm. or, or you, you, yeah. Yes. yeah your job is to get my wife from point a to point b as soon as possible <laughs> so, I can buy a motorcycle. <laughs> so, so she got it all done and she went to see uh, her friend norma uh-huh. and i went to or- i went to oregon and picked up my first harley <laughs> yeah. she got home and there was a harley in there <laughs> yeah harleys are so la- i w- it's like i don't want a harley to commute but I'd love a Harley for like a once a month week weekend ride kind of thing. Oh yeah, they're just yeah. yeah you're right. Run, there's guys that do yeah. You know, but, them, but uh, yeah. the problem is they're keeping them clean. They yeah. got so much stuff to get, and so if you got the money to let the bike deteriorate, you know. But yeah. uh, but it, it it is it's it's hard to move well and around. nothing. I mean, just a Harley. Harley's one of those things. Nothing sounds like a Harley. Well, there's a, there's a lot of bikes that kind of have tried to make that beefy throaty blah 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 blah, but yeah. nothing sounds. You can hear a Harley if there's a Harley in your neighborhood. You know it. You know it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, you know I have a my little Honda 700 uh, NC right. So it's this. It's uh, it's called New Concept. So it's got the fr- the trunk where the it's got a trunk where the gas can you or the gas tank usually is. And, and I like it because it's a great commuter bike. It's really mm-hmm. quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, there have been a couple of times where people have said something that, that I've thought, ah, I need it. <laughs> my net, my, uh, when I first met my across the street neighbor, I said, Hey, I'm Grant. I live across the road. And he goes, Oh, are you the guy with the scooter? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not on well, that scooter. Well, you know, scooters are really becoming really popular. I'll you gas them up once a month for five bucks. <laughs> well, I'll have to tell you that you'll love this one. And, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Steve Covell in uh, Pacific Grove, won't ride motorcycles. He likes them well because a family member was killed on one. Okay. So they yeah. won't. his wife just won't let him do it. But he does have a red scooter. Okay. He runs around town. He's got a basket on the back up because yeah. he's a contractor and, run, and yeah. taking stuff. And so he likes riding down. Well, he went to Monterey to the planning department one day, and he was heading back to PG on a phone. You know, it's one way. Yep. And so uh, one of the early stoplights, he stopped there, and he's sitting right in the middle of the road. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he hears this rumbling coming. And next thing you know, there's two Harleys pulled up. One on each side of them. He kind of looks over, and there's another ten of them behind him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, joined, he joined the Hell's Angels on a scooter that day. No. So what it was, and so the the guy in this uh, German accent, he says, "Sir, can you help us?" And he says, "What is this? What we're trying to find? Da 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 motel in Pacific Grove what was that was the last one on uh, Lighthouse bef- at the uh, yeah uh, by the cemetery. butterflies yeah yeah at the cemetery." Yeah. He says, do you, do you know where it is? Oh, Steve says, yeah, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's this red scooter running out with 10 or 12 Harleys rolling behind him. He took them all the way down, right down through downtown, Silicon Santa. He went up went right through midtown, riding that red scooter, leading all these Harleys. <laughs> Looks like a pace car. <laughs> that is excellent. That's excellent. 
Well, Mike, uh, I, I love our friendship. I'm so grateful to be in church family with you. These are good stories. I look forward to doing it again. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share some stories with us. My pleasure. All right, brother. Hey, everybody. Uh, that's been Patrick Hawks, Pulling Levers and Twisting Knobs. Thanks, Patrick. You Everybody have a great day. 